This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. 735 on the Blitz 1170. Thank you, Scott File. That time he was pointing at me going, don't talk. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the new liner that's throwing me. I know, I'm just not that bright. Welcome in to the Morning Blitz. I'm Rick Corey. That is Scott File laughing at me in the other room, and deservedly so. We're now joined. Laughing with. Uh, not right. at. We're now joined on our hotline by another guy who's free to laugh at me. That's Ryan Aber. Our OU Insider from the Daily Oklahoma. And if you'd like to ask a question about the Sooners, now's the time at 918-262-5072. Well, Ryan, you know, last year was an interesting year with Oklahoma. And, yeah, you still had angles and things to write about. I got to think you're having a little bit more fun this year. So far, at least. Now, obviously, last year they were 3-0 and at this point, too. But uh, <laughs> the, the feeling, the vibe is a little bit different yeah. this, this time around. And I think, uh, one, it's because of the way that their defense is playing. And the the confidence that they have there, I mean, heck, to uh, you know, it's weird that after having five interceptions and doing all the things that they did uh, the other day defensively, Brent Venables came off a little bit disappointed in what they were doing just because of how good that they've been uh, to this point and I think how good he feels like they can be. But, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of different angles to attack, a lot of things to write about uh, with this team for sure and including some uh, ties with this uh, Cincinnati team uh, coming up this weekend. Absolutely. We'll get into all that. Let's first get into last night or yesterday when Danny Okoye committed to Oklahoma. And I thought one of the interesting things he said was he'd actually been there before. And his quote was talking about being there before. He said, I was there and I never saw Lincoln Riley one time in 2020. But a few weeks ago, Brent Venables was there. He was present, energetic, passionate bouncing off walls in every way he was making it clear he was excited about the possibility of him coming here and i so coy first of all in your mind what kind of a difference certainly a four-star edge rusher can make if he plays to that ability but his statement about the overall difference in the program do you kind of feel and sense the same thing from other players well i'll, I'll start off there and and yeah it's it's uh absolutely different i mean uh, our uh Hallie Hart, who covers uh, high school uh, sports around the state, wrote a story a couple weeks ago about OU's renewed focus in state uh, recruiting. I mean, heck, they got uh, David Stone, the, the uh, defensive lineman from uh, Dell City, now playing at IMG, but that's still an in-state kid for them. You know, see what they've done at Carl Albert. They have made a, a concerted effort to – uh, recruit better in state, and, and Lincoln Riley had sort of gotten away from that. Uh, Brent Venable's approach has been—he uh, calls it an inside-out approach. So start, start off in state, and it's not about you know stretching and, and getting guys who you normally wouldn't offer. But if there's somebody in state who has the potential, or uh, you know you want to offer him, start off there, and then uh, broaden your horizons outward. And I think it's really resonated with coaches in the state, and I think it'll make it easier for them to continue that momentum uh, down the road. This is the most in-state commits that I can uh, remember for the Sooners in a long, long time. And then uh, on, on the second question, you know, Danny Okoye, a fantastic player. I think he's a guy who's got a chance to, to move up in a lot of those recruiting rankings. You know, doesn't get seen a whole lot being uh, from uh, NOAA. But uh, there's no doubt this guy's game really resonates 
with what OU wants to do defensively and, and beefing up that defensive line, beefing up the, the edge rushing. He's got a chance to be a, a big-time player fairly quickly, you know, as we're starting to see on this OU uh, defensive line with what uh, Adepoju Adibawari, which we better get used to saying that name, <laughs> I think, uh, pretty quickly. You can just call him PJ if you want, but uh, you know, starting to see some of the signs that he could be a, a really big-time uh, difference maker on this defensive line this year with what he was able to do uh, Saturday against Tulsa. Yeah, with Okoye, who's 6'4", 250 already. You get him in a college program, get him in that weight program with Schmitty. oh, my goodness, he, he, he may become a monster really quickly. All right, you know, and the other thing I really liked about what he said was he just talked about the difference in personality. You know, one guy was present, one wasn't. One guy was excited to be there, one was, you know, kind of going through the motions, which, yeah, there's some other interesting things we could get into there. But you did mention something else. There's some familiarity here, and there is. You got at least one or two guys who have played either for or around some of the coaches now at Cincinnati. Not that that makes a ton of difference, but there is some familiarity, right? Yeah, it uh, definitely does. And it's, it's interesting, you know, for, for one, uh, OU win against uh, Emory Jones and also uh, Xavier Henderson. Uh, OU or uh, a couple of uh, Cincinnati's number one wide receiver. Sorry, I lost my train of thought a second there. But uh, a couple of years ago in the Cotton Bowl against when they those guys played for Florida, and uh, so there's there's some familiarity with some of these defensive guys on uh, you know what those guys are like now. Emory Jones and, and Xavier Henderson are both much different players, especially Henderson, who just had a 12-yard catch in that Cotton Bowl game. Then you've got Kanai Walker on OU's uh, in OU's secondary. I wrote about him today. He uh, played for Scott Satterfield and, and the Cincinnati defensive coordinator, coordinator Brian Brown at Louisville a couple of years ago before transferring to OU. Gave them a lot of credit for turning him into the player that he is, has become uh, there, and he also got a whole lot of reps against uh, Cincinnati's uh, number two receiver, uh, Braden Smith. They went to get uh, head-to-head in practice virtually every day, so that's what I wrote about today. And then you've also got Drake Stoops and Kendall Dolby uh, going back home, in a sense. For Dolby, it is home. He's going back to Ohio, the only Ohioan on OU's roster, He's going to have a lot of friends and family there. Drake Stoops isn't from Ohio, but certainly his uh, his dad and his family are. And he said he's going to have a lot of people out that uh, haven't seen him or haven't seen him in uh, quite a while. So he's really looking forward to that return uh, not too far from Youngstown, Ohio. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I saw a quote from Bob Stoops that said like 40 people have contacted him for tickets that are all family members. So, And I'm sure a coach can still get him some tickets. It's 742 on the Blitz 1170. Rick Corey here along with Scott File on your Thursday drive to work. On our hotline is our OU insider, Ryan Aber. Scott? Going to the game itself, how much pace can we expect to see from the Oklahoma offense on Saturday? Yeah, I think they're going to want to play with a, a quick tempo and try to get that Cincinnati uh, defense on their heels a little bit. This is something that Cincinnati hasn't seen uh, much of. Uh, Scott Satterfield talked about that, uh, you know, earlier this week that the tempo that they're going to uh, have to face. Now, you know, he he is familiar with it, having faced it at uh, Louisville in uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, one of the 
the games that uh, Dylan Gabriel was ultimately injured in, but they're they're showing that they can keep up with that tempo a little bit more this year than they could a year ago. Um, see Dylan Gabriel's play plays into that, and when you're moving the football, it's a whole lot easier to move fast. But I think we're going to see a pretty fair amount of that uh, on Saturday, especially early, as they look to uh, you know establish the. Uh, the rhythm of the game. We just visited with Dan Hoare, the play-by-play voice for the Bearcats and the Bengals, as a matter of fact, in Cincinnati. And one of the things he thought was the defensive line there might be their biggest uh, kind of strength and believes that might be the best matchup. As you look at this game, where do you see best matchups? Yeah, I think that's that's uh, right where you look. The, you know, sort of strength against strength. OU's offensive line has been really good this year, although – that left guard spot remains up in the air with Savion Bird getting hurt the other day. He's been a little bit inconsistent. Uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if Savion Bird isn't able to play, whether it's Troy Everett or uh, Caden Green. There, Caden Green played uh, early at least, came in a little bit later too in re- replacement of Bird, and they really like the freshman, but he's still pretty raw. And uh, not sure what how they'll feel about throwing him out there against the Cincinnati defensive line that uh, can get after you a little bit. Uh, Jeff Levy talked about that earlier this week. That this is the best defensive front that they faced to this point. Might be one of the best uh, that they'll face all year. So they've got to be able to protect him, protect Dylan Gabriel, open up holes in the running game. But they've done a pretty good job of at least the former of that uh, so far with only allowing the one sack. There's only uh, one team in the country who's uh, sitting at zero right now. OU tied for second with just one, and they've got to continue to protect Dylan Gabriel and give him time to find those receivers downfield because he's been uh, doing a fantastic job of it so far. Yeah. A couple things before you go. Ryan Aber, our OU insider with us. Number one, you wrote a couple of columns I thought were really good and interesting, and one of them was what did we learn from the non-conference you know, slate here? And you know, for me, it's it's still at this point going, hey, yeah, Cincinnati is a conference game. It takes a while to get used to saying that, but it is. So in your opinion, what did you learn from the non-conference schedule? Yeah, I, I think we learned that uh, this defense uh, looks better. Um, you know, we've, we've seen that uh, they've been able to, even without the crazy amounts of pressure that we saw last year when they were just getting through the line and, and making those things happen, They've, they've tackled a whole lot better. They've uh, you know defended better on the back end and not allowed a lot of those big plays. And then uh, on the offensive side, I think we've learned that uh, the, the, re- the receiver depth that we questioned and, and wondered a lot about in the preseason looks pretty solid so far with uh, uh, Jaleel Farouk doing what he, we knew he could do. Drake Stoops doing the same thing. He's racked up a, a lot of catches here over the, the early part of the season. And then uh, Andrell Anthony has been a uh, nothing but a pleasant surprise uh, there. We're a little bit unsure about him given his lack of production at Michigan, but he's been really good for them so far. And then the uh, two youngsters, uh, Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson, who didn't do much a year ago, have been uh, really good. You know, Obviously, we saw Nick Anderson with what he was able to do the other day, three catches all for touchdowns and 120 yards fantastic day for him but just the progression with his hands uh him and Jaden Gibson really their hands they're they're really uh 
you know, sure ability to make plays down the field has really helped uh, this team. And then Dylan Gabriel's been a whole lot better as well. And then the last thing that was going to—that's actually my last thing—is there. And you, you wrote about Dylan Gabriel being a little better. You know, and to me, and maybe I'm wrong here. Now I look at Pro Football Focus. I think he's like number 15 or 16 when it comes to quarterback efficiency. You know, his numbers were good last year. I think everybody else around him is better. So how much is him being better, and how much is maybe the team being around him being better as well? Yeah, I think there's no doubt that it's a little bit of both. But, uh, you know, what I see from Dylan Gabriel that's better is uh, what he's able to do uh, outside of just the physical traits. His decision-making looks sharper. His, uh, you know, uh, being being sure of himself and, and uh, not uh, not trying to force things, but also not taking sacks that I think he took a year ago. And I think we'll see see how much better that is here this week and moving forward as they face better defenses. But yeah, you looked at uh, you know number one completion percentage in the country. He's uh, you know second, I believe, at, at passing efficiency rating at uh, two twenty point four, which is just insane. Um, and and just on and on and on. He's been really really good so far, and I think that uh, that's something that they thought he would be better being in the second year of this uh this system this offense but uh he's taken it to a, a different level than i think a lot of people thought possible yeah i think so too so what are you working on for the oklahoma today yeah today uh mainly looking at ou's recruiting class and and taking a look at their defensive recruiting class as we uh you know start looking forward past this year into to uh the move to the SEC and the, the focus that they've uh, given over there, uh, and and also uh, writing some about, we writing a little bit about the, the Drake Stoops uh, situation and, and his uh, family uh, going up there, and also just the different vibe around this team with uh, this year compared to a year ago and the lessons that they learned from what happened after Game 3 uh, a year ago and how that could uh, affect this team in 2023. That's what you'll find in the Daily Oklahoman today from Ryan Aber, our OU Insider. Well, you're making the trip, right? You're going to Cincinnati? Yes, I'm uh, leaving uh, bright and early tomorrow morning. So uh, I'll actually be up even earlier than I am on Thursday to talk to you (laughs) tomorrow uh, to make that uh, flight up. But the good news is I'll be up there by... 11 o'clock or so. There you go. Just remember, Grater's Ice Cream, G-R-A-E-T-E-R-S, and you have to have the raspberry chocolate. Promise me. Do it, and oh, you will, you will I, thank me. I I can uh, definitely make that happen. You had me at raspberry <laughs> chocolate. So. There you go. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Ryan. Sounds great. Thank you all. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.